there, it's Amy. Welcome to ChirpCast, encouragement with heart, humor, and a little sarcasm. So today I was trying to figure out what I was going to talk about for ChirpCast, and I was sort of mulling over a couple of different stories and scenarios and scriptures, and then I got distracted because life. And so as I was getting ready to go somewhere, God just dropped this really cool scripture into my heart, and he was like, hey, go check this out. So I grabbed my uh, phone and I opened up my Bible app and pulled up the scripture. And wouldn't you know it, it's in 1 Samuel. Like I've seriously been stuck in this book for months because I feel like there's so much history, um, so many things going on, so many different storylines and just crazy people that we can probably relate to in 1 Samuel. And so whenever I was like, oh, hey, look, here it is. What do you know? First Samuel. Um, I opened it up and the scripture that came to mind was 1 Samuel 1 verse 27. And this might be a scripture that you're familiar with if you've been to a party where people are celebrating the adoption of a child or if they have had fertility issues. A lot of people put this scripture on their announcements. And I think it's a beautiful scripture. And I've read the story so many times throughout my life, but it just kind of really got me today when I was reading it because it was like God opened up a whole new world, a whole new world. Okay, so here it is. For this child, I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition, which I asked of him. So a lot of times people will put this scripture, for this child, I have prayed. And that's kind of the end of it. Like there's nothing else. Well, Let me give you a little bit of background about this scripture and why this certain person said this, and then I want you to see how it applies to your life. There is a family of three main characters at the beginning of 1 Samuel, and it is um, Elkanah, and that's the husband, Hannah, which is one wife, and Penina, which is the second wife. Now, I know we don't really do this, but... That's just how they rolled in the Bible days. So Elkanah had his two wives and Penina had kids. She had plenty of children, children to go around for everyone. Hannah, on the other hand, had no children. And the Bible says specifically God had closed her womb. So she was not able to conceive. And so one thing that they did was year after year, they would travel to, I believe it was Shiloh, and they went up to where the priest Eli was in charge, and they would go to the temple, and they would worship, and they would give sacrifices, and they did this every year, year after year. And so what Elkanah would do is he would then, um, when they gave the sacrifice, he would give pieces of meat to Penina and all her children. But then the Bible actually says that to Hannah, Elkanah gave a double portion. Now remember, she had no kids. So there wasn't really a reason for this other than the Bible states that Elkanah says that he loves Hannah more. She really is the love of his life. And he hates to see her in so much pain because the Bible also tells us that Penina was provoking and she would torment Hannah because she didn't have any children. I mean, that's kind of a low blow, if you ask me, to go around and and torment and basically parade, look at all of my children. You don't even have one. How come you can't? Maybe God doesn't love you. Maybe you're not good enough. Maybe God knows you wouldn't be a good mom. You know, who knows the type of torment that Hannah had to deal with in her mind because she had no children. And so here we have the story 
beginning when they're at the temple. And it says that Hannah goes and she decides that she is going to have some quiet time for prayer on her own. And so she is praying. And the Bible specifically says that she has that she is praying in her heart silently. Her voice cannot be heard, but her lips are moving. Okay, so here comes Eli. He's actually sitting by the door and he sees her and he sees her kind of like mumbling, but she's not really saying anything. And he says, woman, won't you put away your wine? (laughs) Leave it to a guy to go ahead and just assume that because a woman is acting out of character, she must be drunk, right? So she tells him, you know, my Lord, I am not drinking. I have had nothing to drink. I am beseeching the Lord and I am praying because, you know, I have no children and I am asking for the Lord to answer my my petition. And so basically Eli says, go and you will be blessed and we'll see what happens. And so, okay, she gets up and it says that she... She got up and she went in peace and she ate and her countenance was no longer sad. And so then they get up the next day and they worship the Lord and they're returning home to Ramah, which is where they live. And it says that Elkanah lays with his wife, Hannah, and the Lord remembers her. And it's just so interesting that this prayer that she prayed, it wasn't showy. It wasn't wild. She literally just went before God and said, Lord, here's my heart. You know, I don't know specifically what she said, but my guess would be it was a very humble, Lord, here I am. You know my heart. You know what I want. You know what I long for. You have given me this this want. And now I'm asking that you would grant this petition that I'm bringing to you, that you would give me a child. And so when the Lord remembers her, she becomes pregnant. So they waited until after uh, she had weaned the child. And by the way, spoiler alert, this child is Samuel, who becomes a mighty prophet for the people of Israel. And she and her family, they travel back up to where the priest Eli is. She goes to him in verse 26, and she said, and this is her talking to um the priest, Eli, and she says, O my Lord, as thy soul liveth, I am the woman that stood by thee here praying unto the Lord. And then here's the verse that I wanted to highlight. For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition, which I asked of him. Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. So, She's basically, she has weaned her child, Samuel, and she says, the Lord gave him to me. I'm giving him back. Okay, so this pretty much just like blows everybody's mind because first of all, they had to travel. It wasn't like they were just down the road from the temple and she was just going to say, okay, um, you're just going to go to Sunday school or you're just going to go to temple school for a little while and then mommy will be back to pick you up. Uh, Look for my donkey. No, she literally says, I'm leaving my child to serve in the temple for the rest of his life. Like she only has him for, for a few short years while she weans him. And then she gives him back to the Lord. 
Now, for every mother who has ever wanted something so badly, specifically to have children, and then God gives you your kids, you don't expect to just hand them back, right? Like typically your response is, I'm going to guard these kids with my life and I'm going to take care of them. I'm going to watch them grow. I'm going to teach them. But no, Hannah says, basically, I know that this child is a gift and I need to give him back. A couple of things I just wanted to highlight real quick is one, when it comes to Panina, the other wife, she's like the enemy. The enemy will provoke you when it comes to your kids. He is going to do anything. He is going to say anything that can cause you to be tormented in your mind and your heart about your kids. He is going to bring every ounce of defeat that he can think of, and he is going to throw it at you, and he's going to see what sticks. Now, I understand that there are plenty of circumstances where it has been an onslaught of one problem after another. Um, When it rains, it pours, right? One problem, another problem, something else happens, and you're like, God, is this ever going to end? When is it ever going to get better? Number two is God hears our petitions. When Hannah was provoked and tormented, instead of turning away from God, she turned towards God. She went to God, and she had that one-on-one with him, and she was probably not happy about it, but she was trusting, and she was humble, and she was understanding that if God wanted to provide, he would. And I feel like sometimes as parents, we come to God and we're just like, God, fix whatever is going on. You know, take care of everything. Just fix it all. I think it's okay to be specific in our prayers about our children. For me, I am praying for my daughter to find the right college to go to. If it's a matter of going away from home or if it's a matter of staying home and going online. My prayer has been for the last year Lord, open doors that need to be opened and close doors that need to be closed. In the past, I have prayed about certain friendships that my daughter had, and God has seen fit to remove some of those people from her life. And at one point, I told her this, and she's like, oh, thanks a lot. So this is why I'm not friends with so-and-so anymore. (laughs) And I said, I'm sorry, but I'm going to pray God's will for your life. That's just what, as a mom, that's what I'm going to do. I know that this can be a really difficult prayer. God, whatever it takes, I want you to make sure that my child has a relationship with you. I want you to remove people in their life. I want you to bring the right people into their life, put them on a path, God, that is going to help them to grow and to flourish. And these are all the regular prayers. Keep them safe when they're driving. (laughs) For all you moms who have kids with a new driver's license, it can be a really scary thing to watch your, you know, baby hop in a car and take off all by themselves. It's like there's a million things that your mind is like all of a sudden, oh my gosh, so many things can go wrong. So many things could happen. Of course, now in my case, it doesn't help that nine times out of 10, when my daughter comes through the door, she likes to tell me things like, hey mom, I almost got hit again today. Really child? I'm going to pop your tires myself just so that you can't go anywhere. So we pray these prayers and we want our children to be safe and we want God to guide them. And we bring our petitions to God just like Hannah did. Now, the third thing I think that really speaks to me about this is that Hannah acknowledged God for her answered prayer. When she went back to the temple, she told the priest, Eli, this is the child I prayed for. And this is what the Lord gave me. He gave me my petition. She gave God the glory for what he did in her life. 
I think sometimes we want to take credit maybe a little bit for our children turning out the way that they do. My husband and I joke all the time saying we hit the baby lottery because our daughter is such a good kid. She was a wonderful baby. She was a really smart toddler. She learned a bunch of stuff really quick. Unfortunately, she picked up on the sarcasm. (laughs) So that gets her in a little bit of trouble sometimes, but she comes by it honestly. But when Hannah went back, she gave God the glory. She said, this is this is what I prayed for, and God gave it to me. And I think that's really cool is that when good things happen in our children's lives, when we go to God and we petition him and we pray for our children and good things are happening and things are going well, we should give God the glory because nothing happens outside of his will. Nothing. And that can be a really large pill to swallow Because sometimes we feel like maybe things are kind of going off the rails in our kids' lives. And we're like, okay, (laughs) like I said bedtime prayers with them. I told them I loved them. I gave them hugs. I threw them great birthday parties. I took them on vacations. I spent way too much money at Disneyland. All these things, we might feel like we've put all the effort in, but God is ultimately in control. And so we have to understand that even in difficult circumstances, God's the one who is steering the ship. We are not the captains. And I think the last thing that I wanted to share was that we should never give up. If Hannah had decided, you know what, one year, that specific year even, I don't want to go. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to talk to God. I don't want to pray. I'm not going to say that God's will wouldn't have happened and that Samuel wouldn't have been born. But can you imagine the testimony that Hannah now has? that she wouldn't have had if she would have just laid in bed and cried and been sad and depressed and defeated all the time. The devil wants to defeat you. He is literally the adversary who wants nothing more than to beat you down, to defeat you, to get you to step away from ministry that God has called you to because he just wants to whisper lies and say, look, you can't even, even your kids can't even be good. Your kids aren't even doing the right thing. You think God wants to use you? No. (laughs) See, that's where Hannah had it right. Her answer was one prayer away. And when she went to God and when she had that moment with him and she talked to him and she poured her heart out. And you know what? That's another thing. God wants you to talk to him about your kids. He wants you to talk to him about your kids. He wants you to be able to cry out to him. I mean, he is our father. He wants to hear from us. And if our heart is breaking for a situation in our kids' lives, he wants to be the one that we go to for the ultimate answer because he cares. Now, the cool story about Hannah and her life and what happened and how she gave her son to the ministry, basically, for his whole entire life, maybe that's not your story. Maybe your story is... God, you have blessed me with a child that I have a really difficult time with. Maybe your child is estranged. Maybe your child is disabled in some way and you feel like you have failed as a parent. Well, I want you to know today that God sees you and he hears your prayers. And don't be discouraged by the circumstances around you. I pray that you're encouraged today and that God has spoken to your heart in some way that you would continue to seek him and to petition him. Have a great day, and I'll catch you next time.